welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikaal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privet. It's really, really good to be with you again. And I know you'll be really happy you've joined us today because... We have a very special guest, and it's Sharon Fillmore. Sharon is an author, registered nurse, registered holistic nutritionist, and master verbal Aikido. Oh, that is so cool. Welcome, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me. It's been, uh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. And um, I am excited to tell you all about what I do. I know that, um, like I've been a nurse, like you said, for about 40 years. Well, it's been more than 40 years now. Longer than you've been alive. How's that? No, and, that's not true. I'm about to turn 41. Oh, okay. Well, excuse me then. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I take it as a compliment. Oh, yeah. I thought you were like maybe 25 or 30. So, uh, so one of the things is we talked you talked about verbal keto master mm -hmm. and i'll just tell you why this happened my background in nursing is mostly emergency room icu so it's places where it's very high stress and the and your patients come in and their families are very high stress so i really learned a lot about communicating working through the emergency room and then when i um got older and I realized that what happened was I was really good at interviewing people. I realized that communicating wasn't as good as I really thought. So I decided that I was going to set up to be a great communicator. And so that's the reason why I took the verbal Aikido and became a master and a trainer. I also have a NLP coach. I'm a peer coach and I, um, have mastering as many forms of communication as I can so that I can help all the people that I help. Oh. So it's, we do, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do group coachings and I do specific verbal Aikido or basically verbal communication. So, that is really cool. And that's what I want to talk about today. Yes, me so, too. <laughs> good. Now, Verbal communication is actually more complex than writing. I know people think, why? Well, because when we're, when we're communicating, we lose our hands, we lose use our face, our tone, we use our body language, and also we use something called vibration. So we all sort of vibrate this energy out from us. Mm -hmm. And so if your energy is low, vibrations are low if your energy is high your vibrations are high and people are more receptive to the higher vibrations mm -hmm. so there's all kinds of things that go into it and your body 
your tone of voice on your mind all these things need to be congruent with what you're saying or people won't believe you mm. so like um have you ever talked to two people the first person you spoke to you didn't believe what they said the second person said almost the same thing but you believe them yeah yeah mm -hmm. happens all the time yeah, it happens all the time. And that's because the first person, they're, they're, they weren't congruent. So what they were saying didn't match their body language. So basically, they didn't believe what they were saying. So you didn't either. Whereas the second person really believed what they were saying. So everything matched. Everything was congruent. And that's why you believe them. Yeah. So when you're, um, when you're, when you're talking to people and you're starting to see that it's one of the things that you can see, your body can't lie. Your mouth can, but nothing else can. So it's about watching the person's body language, their facial tones, all their tones, all the little things that go with it and being aware of the energy they radiate, they radiate away from themselves. Mm. Oh. That is a very interesting point about the body. I know like um, definitely that's, I know like with me, that has always been so true. Like I have a really difficult time. Like for example, even, even like smiling when I'm not actually happy or it's like if, if I'm feeling stress or strain in a relationship, I have a difficult time even smiling when I am engaging with that person. And um, um, but, but, I, but like an interesting thing happens. Like um, I remember uh, when I was going through a training to become a crisis counselor, well, actually I had already gone through the training to become a crisis counselor. And then I was actually invited to start training new recruits to become crisis counselors. And so when we were going through those trainings where I was a trainer, uh, one of the techniques that we utilized for our training was um, doing role plays. So mm -hmm. I, as the trainer, would uh, basically uh, take on the role of somebody who's calling the crisis line. And then the trainee would respond to me. And my job was to make the role play as convincing as possible so that the trainee had the opportunity to respond to as close to something in real life as possible in the context of, you know, uh, refining their, their, their skills. And I was surprised to find that when I had that intention of being in that state of role play, I actually managed to be very convincing. Uh, and and uh, like when I was wanting to act distressed or, you know, things like that. And um, like, I didn't think that was possible for me because as I mentioned, like generally in, in my actual communications with people, I find it so difficult to be anything but really authentic to how I'm feeling. Uh, in my expressions and so I was actually surprised that 
um, like I kept getting feedback from my trainees that they thought I was a really good actor and they found me really convincing. So um, I'm wondering, like, because you were saying our bodies can't lie, but, you know, there are these kinds of situations where we manage to act uh, in a way that we're not feeling really what's going on there and um and then what does that say about the idea that our bodies can't lie hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the happiness 101 program are you a change maker coach trainer or healer are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers the happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. So when you're acting, you are actually playing a role of being someone else. Now, I'd like to ask you, when you were calling on your yourself to act, where did you pull the, the knowledge and the feelings from? Well, it was a lot of it uh, was my experience of having been on the crisis line because by the time I was invited, to be a trainer, I had fielded maybe like hundreds of calls on the crisis line myself. And then also some of it was memory of when I went through the training myself. And I remembered how my trainers um, sort of role played. Mm -hmm. And at the time, did you realize in, to yourself that this wasn't real, that this was pretend? I think so. I mean, like I, I mean, like I never forgot who I was, and I was conscious that I was role playing. So, were you lying? I mean, there was definitely pretending to be someone else. So, pretending to be someone else when everyone knows that you're role playing is that lying? Well, I guess not technically. But, not, yeah. Everyone knows that it's pretend. So it's not lying. If you had have um, gone into, I called the crisis line for real and pretended that might have been very different. Mm. So what you were doing at that, when you went into what we call teacher mode, 
And in teacher mode, you were using all the skills that you have to to show to help teach the the students. And so you weren't lying. It's really about knowing yourself, right? Your 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 inner workings were saying, I am playing a role, I'm acting. And so and everyone knows I'm acting. Yes. I'm not trying to fool anyone. Does that make sense for you now? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so you weren't really. So the mind is also about understanding how our communication is about understanding how the mind works mm. and we're humans and how a bit of understanding on humans, right? Because we're all we're all different. Yeah. And yet we have so many similarities. Yes. Now I'd like to explain to you the how communication is different in different modes. Okay, like an example is if somebody looked into your mind right now, they go, oh man, that is a rushing river. It is moving so fast because there's so many thoughts and ideas floating in there and that it is, it's moving really fast. And I can, I'll bet you any money, you can't keep up with it sometimes. <laughs> so if you think of it that way. Now, when you're talking to someone in person, think of it like a fire hose. Like you're, you are talking, there's communication, like there's interaction going back and forth. Yeah. You see, you see their whole body. You see everything that's happening. So that's like a, a rushing river, or I should say, sort of like a fire hose. Just, it's about looking at the person and knowing them and knowing whether or not you can just, you know, spout it all or you have to control it. Mm. Now, what we're doing right now, we're on video. And because you can hear my voice, you can hear the tones, you can see my facial expressions, and with me, you can see my hands moving because I move them a lot. Um, it's really like um, what we what we call a um, a garden hose, right? So we go from go from fire hose to a garden hose uh. because we can only see so much. So do you see how how the information is slowing down and becoming less? Yes. Uh, when you take that and you turn it into audio, so you're talking on the phone um, or you're just listening to, to, to something like a podcast, yeah. and it's really like a straw, a drinking straw. So mm -hmm. because when we're, when we can't see, we can only hear, then we're listening for tone. We're listening for the, the nuances in a person's voice that help tell us what's going on yeah so let's go to texting so what do you think texting is like oh my gosh uh something even narrower than a straw so what do you think that might be oh my gosh um no toothpick but just <laughs> doesn't have a hole okay well i'm a nurse so i said syringe <laughs> ah good one i was trying to think of a word that okay that's a good one so have you ever gotten a text from somebody and went, I have no idea what that they're talking about? Or have you ever sent a text and went back and looked at that and go, no wonder they didn't answer me back. I don't know what it says either. <laughs> Especially if you dictate it. 
yes i mean there's there's when you don't understand and there's so much also of when you misunderstand i find with texting because like people will say something and like i i can't be sure like are they saying it playfully are they saying it seriously are they like um uh, oh my gosh like and and i i mean i know i've experienced some serious misunderstandings uh, in terms of like um texting somebody about something like asking them to help me with something and they send me a response and i'm like oh this person is not interested in helping me with this right now and then um you know just sort of i'm like okay move on uh but then somehow or other or at some other point we get to actually talk and and then i realized oh actually they were interested and i just didn't you know catch that um tone and so forth through the text and in that moment you know and everyone has like such different styles also like when they're texting some people are just being um are very short and concise and sort of like you know they don't use emojis and things when they're texting and so it's like really difficult to read their feelings from from that and that's the thing about emojis they do help you communicate i'm wondering if that's why they came up with them <laughs> at first i thought it was just some fun thing to do on your phone and then i realized no it helps people understand what you're trying to say yeah so it's it's pretty handy now now that we talked about this can you think of some ideas on how to make people understand you better so let's say that it's a video mm -hmm. how can you make people under help people to understand you and to be able to get your point across well on video i mean you certainly want to still make eye contact you, it helps to show more like of your body if possible than just a little bobbing head um and like definitely uh making sure you have good quality audio because you know if people can't hear you right i mean lots of communication lost there so it's is about good audio yeah. about me being sure you're using your uh, facial expressions yeah you know, go, like it it's it's really about make using all the things that you have up here so my hands come up so you know that i'm i'm animated i'm talking so you can see some of my body language yeah. my you know i smile like i mean i wear glasses so sometimes you, you can't see my eyes but for I can see your eyes, so I can see them shine. You know, when I say something and you laugh, you, your whole face laughs, it shines, it's lovely. So we can see that this helps people, helps you communicate, you know, outwardly. And, you know, we, I love Zoom and video. I have, that's how I talk to my clients. That's how I talk to my friends. I mean, we, I have friends all over the world now. And so sometimes we get together and we have Zoom brunches. I mean, for some people it's their lunch or dinner, but, you know, and we kind of then, so I wouldn't ever want to lose it. Hmm. So it has so many values. Now, when you are on the phone or 
or even to some extent it's texting, Jim. It's about painting a picture uh -huh. with words, right? So when we use words and we paint a picture, so like um, an example is if you're on the phone and you're arranging to um, meet someone, just say, oh, I would love to go to that new restaurant, whatever name it is, because I hear that they have the best chicken you've ever tasted. You know, it is supposed to be mouthwatering good and it and it comes with all kinds of these really crazy and great sides. You wanna come with me now? Yeah. Very <laughs> yes. I don't I don't know if you're vegetarian or not. But I just said no, it's just it's it's one of those things. My son's a vegan, so I would I would have to use something different, like a vegan restaurant, because he would Actually, I know exactly which one I would take him to. It's Chinese vegan. It's amazing. Uh, so it's it's really about painting that picture so that somebody gets an idea. And you can do it in texting, depending on the person on the other end. Um, because if there's someone that wants just facts, mm, then they're not going to read it. So, right. it's about, so then it comes into knowing the person now some people like um just to give you some example and this is stereotypical so i want you, everyone out there to remember stereotypes don't meet everyone's expectations so when you are talking to um just say a man men they usually you have their their focus their complete attention for 10 to 15 minutes at a time Women love to tell stories. It takes longer than 10 or 15 minutes. So if you want to get a man's attention, you don't tell the story. You say something like, I have this great thing happen. No, no, I get this one too. Sorry. You would say something like, I had a terrible day at work. I want to tell you about it. And what's going to go through his mind is one of two things. Yes, I want to hear it. Or no, I don't. But she needs me to hear it. So then so what it is is you've already told me you had a bad day so now you can tell the story about the bad day so at the same thing when men are talking to women they need to understand that women like the story so instead they would say can i tell you about my day and that way they can start at the beginning of what happened all day and 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 women like that generally unless of course you're trying to cook dinner and look after kids at the same time and that's another story however does it does it make sense to you knowing men and knowing women right um, right yes yes and again just to remind our audience remember to to take the person for who they are because not every man or every woman would put the stereotype Exactly. That's why I said not everyone's going to feel those stereotypes. It's just it is a good way to kind of gauge. All right. So you can you can now that you have that knowledge, you can listen to people and watch them and watch their body language. And you can see, OK, this man likes you to get to the point. This woman likes you to get to the point. This one doesn't likes to hear the whole story. And it is it's it's really interesting 
to be able to identify that. And then when you're communicating, you know where to start. Right, right. Actually, this reminds me of when I was at that point, um, oh my gosh, in my early 20s already. But in some ways, I was just sort of getting to that point in my life where I was like trying to develop my social skills because in my teens and younger years, I was like too traumatized and I'd isolated myself and basically forgotten how to connect with people, especially other people my age. And so when I was in my 20s and I started, uh, and I, by that point in time, I was in college, uh, that's when I was like, okay, okay. I was like feeling better enough that I started feeling this need and wanting to connect with other people. And I remember um, like one time I was sitting with one of my cousin's sisters and she's significantly younger than me, like maybe like eight, nine years younger. And she's a talker. And she just loves to talk about all kinds of random things that kids like to talk about. And a lot of it, like I, I was like, not if like, I'm being honest, I was not really interested in, but I remember thinking in my brain, um, this is important to her. So I'm going to listen because it's important to her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And that person was probably very grateful that you did. Yeah, well, I mean, it did help us build a, a good relationship where now, you know, actually, she's, even though she is significantly younger than me, she's actually one of my best friends. And it's like, I think what really helped me in building that relationship like with a lot of other people, I continue to struggle, but with her, as long as I was willing to listen, she was like so open and she just came to me and, you know, she sort of led the way in terms of like, cause I wasn't sure about what to do and how to develop the relationship or maintain it. And so she sort of actually uh, led the way for us and all I had to do was be willing to listen and follow along and so it made it so much easier for me um, also and I was I've always been so grateful for that so you're a good listener and she, she you developed trust and a relationship with her because she knew that you were a safe and trusting person to talk to and, and and that's really how relationship is built. Right? Yeah. Oh. Well, let's talk about the mind. It is fascinating. And if anybody ever studied it, they would go, wow, especially the, the parts of the mind that we don't understand a lot of. <laughs> so let's, we have basically two memory centers. One is our, 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 what we call our conscious mind. And the other one is our unconscious or sometimes subconscious mind. And they work very differently. Mm. So your conscious mind will take in about 2000 bits of information every second. Mm -hmm. And it processes it based on your beliefs, your experiences and your values. So it's, it's got judgment in there. 
Now your unconscious mind, it takes in about 400 billion bits of information and there is absolutely no judgment. There's no judgment at all on that. So, and there's, so there's positives and negatives. Like an example with your, with your conscious mind, three people can see the same thing and everyone will have a different opinion or will believe they saw something different. And that's the reason why when there's something happens, police want to talk to as many people as they can because maybe they can they can piece together the story because everyone's interpretation is different because everyone's values and beliefs and experiences are different. Yeah. Now the unconscious mind is like, it's positive. It doesn't take in anything negative. So... You have this 10-year-old boy, I know, because I had one at one time. He's not 10 anymore. And so he's off to school and you say, don't, and you say to him, don't forget to bring your jacket home because it's, you, you know, that's my 10-year-old always forgot his jacket. And whenever I said that to him, he would show up without his jacket. And there was a very good reason why, because when you tell him that in the morning, it's his unconscious mind that's going to tell him after school to remember his jacket. The thing is, if you say, don't forget, the unconscious mind doesn't recognize don't. So the unconscious mind says, forget your jacket. <laughs> so you can use that in a positive way. You can say, don't clean your room, don't do your homework. The unconscious mind is going to go, clean your room, do your homework. Now, if you want that child, well, we won't call him Scott, okay? But if you, if you, if you ask that child to remember to bring their jacket home, the chances of them remembering it are all, bringing it home are much greater, because the unconscious mind recognizes the word "remember" as a positive word, mm. and it doesn't send it away. That's so, good to know. Yeah, so it, it is, it's it's one of those things where uh, if you have these tools as a parent, it will make your life a lot easier and it'll help you to understand that your language really determines what what is carried out later on. Hmm. The conscious mind might remember, don't forget your jacket, but by the time it's you're coming home, it's your unconscious mind that's reminding you. Yeah. A way of, you know, if parents have these tools, they know that, okay, I can't get angry because his mind said, you know, for, for, di didn't remember that it was a negative. Right. So, uh, so for me to remember, for me to get them to, to remember, it's saying it in a positive are you worried about losing connection with your family? Rediscover the joy of family. Unlock the power of connection and build a lifetime of joy, happiness, and love. And do this with the Vitalink Mentoring Program for Families. Together, we build stronger families. Would you like to know more? Check the notes below for my contact information. And now, back to the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Yeah.
because yes. to have this kind of understanding actually is helpful um, in the sense that then instead of like blaming and judging and feeling bad about oh this person didn't listen to me etc you can have more empathy and compassion um, because you're like oh there's something I can do to improve my communication which improves their receptivity and there was just this um, uh, I don't know what's the proper word here that that the fact that they forgot to bring their jacket like it's not because of like a willful act of disobedience or um, you know trying to be uh, annoying to me or something like that but really you know it's that there was a there was a lack not a lack um, but there was something missing in the effectiveness of our communication and that's something we can learn to improve so exactly and and so when we when we're thinking about things like that it's remembering it's remembering that okay if this person needs to remember it in in five minutes their conscious mind is going to remember the negative if you are going to want them to remember it in an hour it's the unconscious mind and everything is positive mm -hmm. it doesn't accept anything negative there's no judgment that is that is really nice yeah. yeah and when when children are born they only they have only have the unconscious mind they don't that conscious mind doesn't start forming until they're a little bit older right and it forms more slowly so they're like a sponge and everything is positive to them so whether whether or not it's a a, a, a tragedy to someone that has a conscious mind or it's going to be positive to to a child who's just developing what's well, it's about so when you're thinking about those things and your children aren't developing it's it's putting in all those positive things because they will always see them as positive and keeping the things that your conscious mind is going to think are negative away because you don't want them to become positive yeah. okay okay it, it, i know it i know it's a bit complicated yeah um, but uh, it is sort of a, uh, it's a way of um, understanding and helping your, your, your family grow, right? Yes, I hear you. It, like, in some ways, the communication is so complex and so multi-layered. Uh, but, you know, that, that is just part of the reality of our lives. And really, if you... Uh, you know, take on the happiness attitude, happiness promoting attitude uh, behind or on the other side of every problem is an opportunity. This is actually a great opportunity for learning and growth. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. And, and when we have understanding, then we can learn and grow much more quickly. Yes, yes indeed. So can you uh, share with me some practical tips or exercises that people can um, okay. sort of, um, 
practice to help them with their communication? Okay, so for meaningful communication to take place, we have to be present. That means that we're there, we're in the moment. And uh, well, that's something that we're, it's almost like we have to relearn in our society because we have so many distractions. I mean, constant distractions. Now I have two exercises that I like to do and they're, they're kind of fun. So the first one is you sit with a partner and you sit with your knees together so that you're facing each other. Ah, okay. So you're facing each other. So your knees are touching like. Yeah, like, like that. Exactly. And you're facing one another and you're looking at each other in the face. Now you can't talk to one another. And you start out with one or two minutes is particularly with, with uh, depending on the person's attention span. And you just look at each other's face. You just see everything you can see in their face. And then when it's, when each of you have done this, then you tell each other what you've seen. And it's quite amazing that people will see things like they will notice colors in your eyes that you didn't notice. They'll notice um, how your face moves. Um, there's, um, uh, and this is going back to when I was married, my husband at the time, when he was under a lot of stress, I noticed his face wasn't symmetrical. His forehead wouldn't be quite symmetrical, but then we would go on holidays and he would have a good time and he would de-stress and it was like his face was symmetrical. And I would think like, wow, this is like wild. It is one of those things that you will start to notice after a while. When you first start doing this, there's a lot of giggling and laughing. And then when you get over that part, and you can work up to five or ten minutes. It, it's an, it's a simple, um, easy exercise, and it's fun to do for the for for the whole family because it not only teaches you to be present, it will help teach your children as well, or teenagers, whatever. And really interesting. This reminds me of um, a somewhat different exercise that I was um, um, practicing. Uh, actually, I, I was working with a coach who was coaching me. And uh, it was like a group um, coaching situation going on. And at some point, our, our um, coach, basically, the direction that he gave was... Okay, I want everyone to get up and um, you're going to partner with people. And, um, and, and then, so he had a standing, we weren't sitting. And I think may, it might have been partly because most of us didn't know each other, except, you know, like we had showed up to get coached in this situation. So uh, we weren't touching each other at all. Um, so he had a stand and he was like, okay, for two minutes, you're going to just look into each other's eyes. And then at the end of two minutes, we took turns to say um, whatever, you know, came to our heart or mind in terms of what we saw. And he said, you know, it doesn't have to even be full sentences. It can just be words that um, a, a description that you know that you are experiencing so like um, uh, about this person and when I did this exercise I was like really surprised I didn't know if it would work <laughs> never done something like that before but actually 
we did this like several times with like different people and i was like so surprised to find that i actually got different words coming out of my mouth at the end of the two minutes of looking into their eyes for each person it wasn't like i didn't see the same thing in each person i didn't feel the same thing in each person and and it was like i felt like i I had learned something real about that person. Like I knew something real about, about them and that what I was saying, like it, it just felt like there was truth to that. Like I wasn't making it up. No, you weren't. It was just such a profound experience. It is, it is a profound, and for you to have gotten that, all of that information, you would have had to have been present. Mm. So you took, you, you took that exercise really seriously, and you were really present in that moment. And so that's the reason why you got the words, you got the feelings, you got all of that, because that was radiating from that person and you picked it up. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just amazing because it was like we we're completely silent. We were not talking. Exactly. And this next exercise you've already done. <laughs> oh, what you do is you actually ask questions. So you find someone and you start out for 10 minutes if you're somebody that's a bit shy or introverted and you work up to an hour. And all you do is you ask a question and then they answer and you ask a question based on what their answer is. Now you can't give them your opinion, even if they ask you, it's all about them. It's not about you at all. So you ask a question based on what they've said. And what ends up happening is you get to know that person better than very often their, their own family. Because, and you, make friends because you get they will tell you things that you want them to that, that they want you want to know but they will tell you things that they've never told anyone and it's because you hear them and when you're having this conversation the only thing that you can do as far as input is say they stop talking and you can tell that they are remembering things if you say and so brings them back and they'll start talking again. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I kind of forget where I am. You know? and, and if you repeat the last sentence or the last important word, then that will bring them back and they will get back into the conversation and they'll start telling you things. Yeah. If for some reason they go off and you ask them a question and they're talking about the same thing for 10 minutes, you might want to say, I hear you. And that lets them know that you're still there and they aren't just talking to the air. Mm -hmm. So those are some really good things to, to, uh, to talk about or to, to remember. However, it's try it, talk to someone and don't say anything about yourself your, or any opinions. You're just, you have to be present and listening. You learn so much about a person. And then when you learn about them, then you can really help them and make a difference in their lives. Because as human beings, that's what we do. We help one another, right? Yes. 
Oh, I love that. That was so, so helpful and so amazing. And I'm so sorry because uh, we're running out of time for today. I know we are running out. But again, thank you so much, Sharon. That was really, really wonderful and helpful. Uh, do you have any last words for right now? The last words would be um, when you're asking, I don't know, last words would be, you know, pay attention to people, listen to them, treat everyone with dignity, with respect, and um, remember that trust is easily earned, is, um, is hard earned and easily lost. So if you want to keep your trust or keep or regain it, remember to say what you do and do what you say. Oh my gosh. I will probably need to bring you back, Sharon, because you just ended with words that I'm like, no, I want to dig deeper. <laughs> Oh I, will be, I will be happy to come back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And so for my last words, I will just remind all of you listening to please make sure you check the show notes because we will be adding Sharon's links in there so you can connect with her and learn even more from her. And until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.